It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. From the studios of 97.1 The Sports Animal in Tulsa, Oklahoma, welcome to the weekend episode of the Locked On Thunder Podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G., thanking you for making us a part of your day. Coming up on the show, we will talk about the good and bad from Game 1 against the Utah Jazz. We will hear from Mike Muscala, we'll hear from CP3 and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. We'll see if you can spill relief, T-H-U-N-D-E-R, and we'll talk about what Houston fans know now that Thunder fans have known for 11 years. If you don't know who I am, my name is Eric G. I am the editor-in-chief of Thunder Maven. It's a Sports Illustrated channel dedicated to covering all things Thunder. I'm also the co-host of the Pat Jones Show on 97.1 The Sports Animal in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I also want to put this programming note in front of you. If we have time this weekend, after Sunday's game against GSW, we'll try and fit in another podcast going into Monday so you'll have something to listen to on your way to work. So let's start off talking about that 195 loss to the Utah Jazz this week, which was game one for the Oklahoma City Thunder. The good news is, and I'm going to start off with a little bit of good news here, We have seen the worst performance that Steven Adams is going to give this team the entire season. It can't possibly be worse than what it was on opening night. When you go one for eight from the floor and one from six from the free throw line and going one from eight from the floor should bother you a hell of a lot more than that one for six from the free throw line. In fact, what really just gets under my skin about the way that Steven Adams performed in this game, actually there are a couple of things. One, I don't think I ever saw him take a shot that wasn't around the restricted area or at least close to the rim. I mean, there, there was no point I saw him do what Nerlens Noel did 
which was try and shoot something from the free throw line. By the way, that's a nice thing that Nerlens Noel's got going, and if he happens to be in Billy Donovan's doghouse like Matt Pinto says he is, then the Thunder need to trade this guy because there's absolutely no reason to pay Nerlens Noel and not play him at the five when he's a lot more athletic than Mike Muscala. We'll circle back around to that here in just a second as we digress and now get back to Steven Adams. Not only was he really bad at the rim and only had three points all night, and one of those came from a free throw, but there are times that Adams just looked absolutely lost on the floor. The biggest example of that is when there was at one point in the game he should have been sitting a pick on Joe Ingles for Shea Gilgis-Alexander and didn't do so. The Steven Adams that we've come to know and love over the last few years with Oklahoma City is not only a dude that can produce when he gets the ball close to the rim, but he's also a guy that sits the hardest pick in the NBA. He is that grinder that the Oklahoma City Thunder need, and not only do they need him to score this year, especially if they're going to make him a bigger part of the offense, but he's got to take a leadership role in the locker room and on the floor, and I just didn't see that on Monday night. In fact, I was talking to a guy today at one of my remotes for 97-1 The Sports Animal out at Midtown Kia. I thought I'd throw in that plug. And this guy mentioned that he wants Steven Adams gone, and I believe that there is a lot of sentiment with Thunder fans thinking the same thing. Now, it's one thing to be a talk show host like me or a guy that covers the Thunder and think that Steven Adams is antiquated and doesn't really give the Thunder much value, but when fans start saying that, that tells me that not only is Adams not producing, but they don't feel that he is working hard as he did in years past. I'll give you another bad from um, the first game with the Utah Jazz, and it was Mike Muscala at center. All right, let's go back to the whole Nerlens Noel thing. If Nerlens Noel is in the doghouse, he needs to do everything he can to get himself out of that doghouse as soon as humanly possible, or Billy Donovan, and this is probably the most likely scenario, Billy Donovan and Sam Presti need to just kind of swallow their pride and put Nerlens Noel back on the floor because you can't run a small lineup and expect Mike Muscala to play center because that dude is just going to get pushed around. Not only that, Mike Muscala is a guy you brought in not to play the five, but a guy you brought in to shoot threes. And if he's going to give up open looks like he did against the Jazz not once but twice on a possession and pass it to Chris Paul, then I got serious issue with that. And that makes me think that Mike Muscala isn't necessarily cut out to play with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Again, it is game one. I don't want to overreact. But when you decide to go small and put Darius Baisley at the four, and again, I suggested at that point you're putting Mike Muscala at the five, forgive me. Forgive me for for suggesting that because it's not going to work. The guy doesn't have the upper body strength to play the five. You're going to have to put Nerlens Noel in that lineup when you've got Schroeder, Gilgis Alexander, maybe Ferguson or Diallo on the floor, and Baisley running the four. It's got to be Nerlens Noel. You're not going to be able to run a completely small lineup until Darius Baisley gets a little bit more upper body strength and proves that he can play the five. That's just where things are right now at this moment. Free throw shooting still a major issue for Oklahoma City. And back on Adams, I don't know what he was doing with that last free throw that he was attempting, if he was trying to miss or if he was just trying to imitate the punter from Texas A&M, but it was awful. But the good news is, as I said before, I don't think Steven Adams will be nearly that bad the rest of the year. Mike Muscala was, at least in my opinion, when he was playing the five and after the game, he talked during his media scrum. 
Mike, uh, what did you like about just the way that you guys responded after kind of a tough first quarter and uh, gave yourself a chance to win down the stretch? Yeah, I thought we played really hard. We competed well together. Um, no, I thought Shane and Chris especially did a great job on offense and tough finishes. Um, and then just you know playing good team defense. Um, Dennis Ferg, Hami played really well too, uh, being aggressive to the rim. Um, Gallo obviously hit a big shot there at the end and hit some good pull-ups. So I um, thought we played really hard and just kept fighting until the end, didn't go our way though. Mitchell is a tough cover anyway, but what were some things that you guys maybe could do at a higher level in that fourth quarter against him? Um, yeah, he is tough. You know, I think he had a floater or two or pull up there at the end. Um, you know, that's kind of our coverage. We want to try to force that instead of giving up threes or advantages on the backside. So um, those, are, those are shots that, you know, on our defense that we kind of force the other team to make. And he's a good player, so you knock him down. You were back in that drop coverage, got a little shiner there. How are you holding up after uh, being a rim protector tonight? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I got good trainers here, so take good care of me. <laughs> Is that the elbow to the eye? I think it was, yeah. I watched the tape. I don't remember what it was, but something, yeah. You were a little stunned for a couple seconds and got out Yeah, yeah, it just kind of surprised me, but everything's fine. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty vital part of you guys' defense, though, you and Steven and Maryland's being there at the rim. What, you know, what's your, I guess, plan when you're in those situations? Yeah, I think uh, in the preseason I got a few too many fouls on the verticalities and was kind of swiping down. So tonight I was just trying to focus on showing both of my hands and um, making them kind of finish through it. Uh, that was my Mike, what did you think of your and Chris's pick and pop chemistry, especially in that second quarter? Oh, you know, playing with Chris is, is great. Um, you know, I wish I knocked down a couple threes there, but he, uh, you know, his pace and um, his reading of the angles of the defense, how they're playing him, just his caginess out there. Um, it's it's really fun to play with him and pick and roll, pick what, and pop. What was the Jazz defense doing that left that open for you guys? Um, I think with you know with Gobert, he's such a good rim protector that they're in a similar coverage as to us. As, you know, he's kind of in a drop coverage, and so um, sometimes they would late red or late switch. You know, if he kind of strung out the defense, and then him or Dennis or Shea, you know, would kind of be able to go one on one against the big. But sometimes, you know, they get kind of confused, and so that's when the pop can be there on the throwback. Things weren't all negative for the Oklahoma City Thunder in their 195 loss to the Utah Jazz. As Mike Muscala mentioned, the chemistry between him and Chris Paul, pretty darn good in the pick-and-pop situation. And Chris Paul overall was absolutely phenomenal, not only from a standpoint of being able to score 21-plus points like he, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Danilo Gallinari did, but where I thought Chris Paul really showed his savvy was when he decided to pick up that foul on Royce O'Neal to keep a basket from going the other way or to keep a fast break from going the other way for Utah. And it's very apparent that the Thunder's success is not only based on Danilo Gallinari and Shea Gilgis-Alexander, but it's also based on Chris Paul. And the longer you can keep him here, the better a chance the Thunder have at actually of actually making the playoffs this year simply because they benefit from his leadership and they also benefit from his brains on the court. And it was very nice to actually see a point guard who could go beyond the arc, and you had confidence that he was going to make them. It was nice to see the ball movement that the Thunder had, although I think there was a couple of times the ball movement was a little bit too much. Uh, one time in particular was when Schroeder went a little too deep into the paint 
um, almost went out out of bounds and never really got gave himself a shot to find an open man. But all in all, there are some positives you can take from this game, and we'll delve more into that coming up in the next segment of the Locked on Thunder podcast. Remember, Indochino, that's the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off of your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com and use the promo code Locked On. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, if you're an NBA fan, the Locked On Podcast Network has a podcast for all 30 teams. You can check that out at LockedOnPodcast.com, or you can also find them at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening to podcasts, Spotify as well. Uh, We've even added a new national show that's definitely worth checking out, especially if you're an analytics guy. Okay, so back to the good for Oklahoma City. We've mentioned Chris Paul. The other big good for Oklahoma City in Game 1 was Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who had a career-high 26 points. And what we're seeing from Shea Gilgis-Alexander is you put him in that pure scorer's role which is what he is right now playing the two guard. You're looking at a guy who this year should get all-star consideration. In fact, I'll go so far as to say it's a joke that if he do- if he doesn't, because I have a hard time thinking that Shea Gilgis-Alexander isn't going to score at least 20 points a night with Chris Paul on the floor and Dennis Schroeder on the floor. In fact, if Chris Paul gets traded, if Chris Paul gets traded this year, It's not a bad idea for Billy Donovan to keep Shea Gilgis-Alexander at the two and then move Dennis Schroeder over to the one while Shea Gilgis-Alexander continues to learn how to play point guard. And heard an Oklahoma City talk show host say that he didn't know if Shea Gilgis-Alexander would be a point guard because he's worried about assists. It's the new NBA. And we've seen that when guys are incredibly athletic, even if they're a score-first point guard, they can still get assists. It's just a matter of seeing what you need to on the floor. And what's going to happen is guys like that are going to get spoiled by Chris Paul, and they're going to think that everybody needs to do that. And they're upset about what happened with Russell Westbrook. But the fact of the matter is, is I believe with Chris Paul's tutelage and Billy Donovan's help, SGA can easily earn the one. The most heads-up play that he made all night, well, it wasn't an assist. It was on the flyby where he could have where he could have taken an open three. And I would have had no problem with him taking an open three, but he decided to take it to the rim. And that says to me that this is a guy that wants to take, in his opinion, what are high-percentage shots and do it in a way that when you look down at the stat sheet, boom, all of a sudden he's got 20-plus points. After the game, here's what he had to say. First game in, um, what did you learn about this group tonight? Bounce back from an early deficit, but seemed to take charge of the game uh, and not let that phase you. Um, yeah, like I said before the game, we got a bunch of guys to compete. Um, no matter what's going on and what circumstances are, uh, I think that's the best thing about this group. The guys that uh, want to win and want to compete at a high level. You, 
able to use that length to get up and around, go bare, big men? You know, what was your mindset as an attacker tonight? Um, you're just trying to be myself and play to my strengths. Um, he did uh, a great job around the rim, honestly. Um, deflecting and finding a lot of my shots. So I feel like I missed a lot of them because of him. Um, so, so hats off to him. Um, but yeah, I just try to play my game out there. In that second quarter, you had like seven straight points. The math might be, yeah, where you got to the rim, got to the rim, three. What was opening up for you there? What were you seeing? Um, I think we, as a group, we just got to transition more. Um, it made them play on their heels, and then when things like that happen, you get downhill, um, you get to the rim, sometimes you get a corner three, and then I was fortunate enough to get a 45-3. Uh, Why wasn't that ball movement there early on in the first quarter? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Guys, I don't know. They can take their man one-on-one. I, you know, I get like that sometimes. Uh, we're human. Things like that happen. Um, we don't always stick to the, strip, the script. Um, but yeah, I feel like we're at our best when we, we get the ball moving and things like that. Um, and we'll only get better at that as the season goes on. What surprised you most in your first game? The first game of the season with this new group? Um, how tired I was. <laughs> um, yeah, I realized how, how much I'm not in shape. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as far as the group goes, um, it didn't really surprise me. We, we've been competing all training camp. Um, I know exactly what we bring to the table. Um, I feel like we brought a lot of it um, in spurts. Um, mm -hmm. The challenge for us would just be bringing it all 48 minutes. It's your first time playing this new defensive scheme in a, in a real 48-minute game. What did you think about maybe just what you learned of how you guys can really execute it? seem to do pretty well tonight. Um, yeah, just keep getting reps. Um, and keep practicing uh, with anything in, in basketball. It's like that. Um, the more you practice it, the better you get at it. Um, and like you said, we're, we're a new group. A lot of us haven't played together. Um, so we'll get better season goes on. Anything else? Shea Gilgis Alexander after the loss to Utah this week, and he said he couldn't believe how tired he was after the game. Played 36 minutes, which was the most of anybody on the Thunder. In fact, if you were a point guard, you were playing 30 minutes or more for the Thunder against the Utah Jazz. But I think we can pretty much expect that to be the norm. And the Billy Donovan feels in order for this offense to flow, he's going to have to have CP3, Schroeder, or SGA on the court at all times. Um, and as far as just SGA replacing Russell Westbrook and people worrying about that, you can't. That's never going to happen. And what's going to be most painful for Thunder fans is what Utah fans are realizing now. There was the Brody chant for Russell Westbrook during their game against Milwaukee this week in Houston. And when the Thunder go there on Monday night, I would expect more of it. What I'm more interested to see than just how the Thunder react to seeing Russell Westbrook and how he reacts to playing against his old team is how does Chris Paul react? How much of a chip on Chris Paul's shoulder is there for the time being and how much does he want to prove Daryl Morey wrong that he traded the wrong player? We're worried so much about Oklahoma City and Russell Westbrook that we haven't talked a whole heck of a lot about CP3 going back. And I would imagine for him, considering that this stop has tarnished his reputation, okay, the stop in L.A. did too, that there's a little bit of a revenge factor from him that shouldn't go unnoticed. You're listening to the Locked on Thunder podcast. We'll close this podcast out asking the question that's on everyone's mind. Can you spill relief, T-H-U-N-D-E-R? Find out next. This is Jake from Locked On. 
Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're a season ticket holder and you're trying to put your tickets for tonight's game with the Wiz or for Sunday's game against GSW up for sale on the secondary market, then you received a letter from the Thunder this week written by Dan Mahoney, uh, who's the guy who is in charge of broadcasting for the Thunder. And I'm look, I'm a big Dan Mahoney fan, but this letter is the first sign that the Thunder know that they're in trouble this year with the fans. And this is the first sign they know that the fans aren't just simply happy to have an NBA team in their backyard. Of course, why would you be after 11 years? But what they are asking you to do is that if you can't sell these tickets on the secondary market, they want you to come to the game. And the angle that they're taking is this is your stress relief. Work sucks. You've got a busy life. Once you walk through those doors at the Chesapeake Energy Arena, all your cares go away. Just come watch the Thunder. And here's the problem. I I think that's going to be fine early on. Because as I had a guy tell me today at, at my remote, he likes watching the Thunder. He thinks the Thunder are fantastic. He loves watching the ball movement, thinks they play hard. They don't seem lackadaisical. And they seem to want to challenge a lot more than last year's team did. And and certainly I think it's going to look like that because you don't have superstars, and sometimes superstars make things look a lot easier than what they actually are. The problem is, is as this season goes on, if the Thunder's hole gets deeper than what it is right now at 0-1-1, you're not going to spill relief, T-H-U-N-D-E-R. In fact, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to get upset because you can't sell those tickets, and some of them are going for as low as, like, $13, $14. I read that in the Oklahoman, so thanks to Joe for writing that. But this is a, this could become a major issue. I'm with the Thunder on this. I don't want to see people sell their tickets. I want to see people go to the peak and enjoy themselves and have a great time. But I'm also a realist and, and I understand that time is money. And when you're paying that much for a product, you want something good in return. And if you don't feel like the Thunder are going to give it to you, then you're just simply not going to go. One guy that seems hell-bent on making sure your experience is good is Chris Paul. Learn anything about this team uh, tonight, just being able to, to kind of handle that on a road, tough uh, first-game environment? Uh, I, th- I think we learned that we got a lot of grit and fight, but uh, with us, you know, there's no moral victories. You know, we, we felt like we let one slip away, but um, I do feel good about, you know, how we played, and um, our defense can definitely get better. Our offense can, too. 
Mitchell, you want to give him kind of mid-range jumpers instead of layups or threes. Did you feel like you were forcing him into to some shots that you wanted to? Well, our, our defense coverage is to live with the mid-range shot. Uh, unfortunately, uh, all the guys other than Conley made him. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we got to live with that. We'll go to the drawing board and figure out how we can get better. Do you like what Shea did? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, I'm not surprised by it either. And anybody on our team is not surprised by it. And, I think uh, he's going to continue to grow as well as everyone else on our team. What was he taking advantage of to go on those scoring sprees? Whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just playing. Um, shake and shoot. He can drive. He can draw fouls. So he was just hooping. You know what I mean? We've seen you hit top of the key threes your whole career. Is there anything special about that spot? You had, I think, three of them tonight. Uh, I've been point guard my whole career, so usually that's where I'm lined up. You know what I mean? Uh, just trying to, you know, be aggressive. Uh, one of the, like, one of the first times ever in my career, like I hit a three, and we was coming down the court, and Dennis brought the ball to me and told me to go again. I don't remember that like ever happening in my career, and I, I told him on the bench, I was like, thank you, like that. That's usually me going to somebody else, so uh, it was it was dope for that to happen. It's just one game, but why do you have a good feeling about this team? Because um, we're learning. We're learning. We're a young team. <laughs> I didn't know till last night we was watching the game, and Shea told me we got nine guys within their first three years in the league. You know what I mean? So um, uh, I don't know if it's growing pains or whatnot. We'll take this one on the chin, but we'll get ready for Washington. What does the next step of growth for this team look like? Uh, win and learn at the same time. You know, seriously, that's what every team's trying to do. You're trying to grow and learn, but win at the same time. You went up against Mike Conley for like 30 times in your career. What were you able to do? I mean, he shot one for 16. That's his crew. Worst he just didn't make shots. Yeah. Mike was fine. Yeah. You watch the next game, he's going to make those. You know what I mean? I didn't know Mike since hell. When he was in high school, I hosted him on his college visit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So he, he missed him tonight, but he's he going to make them. You seem pretty interested last, in last the um, challenges. What, what's that learning process been like? Challenges. The coaches get challenges. Coach. No comment. Not a big fan of the coach's challenge at all or any instant replay or anything that slows down the game. I might change my mind as the year goes on, but right now that's something that the NBA could certainly change and do without, and I wouldn't be missing it at all. As far as CP3's play on Mike Conley, he absolutely abused him. All night long, especially on the offensive end, Conley just had ab- had no answer for CP3. And there were times that he just looked like he was on skates or just completely lost in trying to guard him. That wraps up today's show. I'm Eric G. We'll be back either on Sunday post-Golden State or, or on Monday pre-Houston, which would also still be post-Golden State. And until then, may God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody. Peace, love, and thunder. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.